welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy, and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, thank God, Jerry Springer. Thank you. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, by the way, uh, we have, uh, hang on, I'm turning my uh, phone ringer off. Okay, I did that. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> uh, hey, we have, uh, a little later on, Jerry's going to give his thought of the week and looking forward to that. We're recording this on the, what, the 24th? So 24th. 24th of November. Two days, two days before Thanksgiving and uh, big news this week because... And, and we'll get into it later, but it, it, we, maybe we got the, about as much of a concession as we're going to get from Donald Trump. But anyway, we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, we have Jeremy Short with us. He is with a band called Short and & Company, and uh, he's been on before, and we, we're looking forward to that. Megan will be chatting with Jeremy in a few minutes. He's going to do a song for us called This Mountain, original song done by him. Uh I want to start off by, and uh, Jerry and Megan, you guys both know this, I am uh, the consummate uh, second or third, probably the third in pecking order on the Jerry Springer podcast. I've never, ever made this about me in any fashion <laughs> at any time. And because of that, occasionally, and my wife really pushed me on this, Gene, go out and announce this. It's quite a big deal. I was promoted, I have been executive producer, and I've now been promoted to senior executive producer, and that's quite <laughs> a big deal in the production world, in the producing world. So, so again, who's on your team, Gene? Who did you manage? No. Who did you executive produce? <laughs> and question two, while we're collecting questions here, who... <laughs> uh, who oh, uh, Pointy, who gave you that promotion? <laughs> Can you know, I can honestly tell you, I'm embarrassed, but it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Megan, did you? Uh, no, nothing to do with that. <laughs> maybe, one day, <laughs> maybe one day we could talk to Bonnie where she gets this idea. <laughs> or is this something, you know, you're my best friend. You can tell me. Did you, is this something you're just telling Bonnie that you've, gotten a promotion because she's kind of embarrassed to walk around. What does your husband do? Uh, and, you know, there's always a pause. Well, <laughs> so you just want to be able to tell her, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm senior pro uh, producer now, honey. And yeah, that's what happened. Okay. But okay. Jerry, Jerry, you're kind of a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you got Emmys as a newsman, but yeah. they, you don't have to always ask hard questions. Sometimes yeah. you can just yeah. like, <laughs> let stuff slide. <laughs> just let it slide. Well, I'm not, you know, that's fair. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Now, you. you go that's to all you needed to say. That's, <laughs> that's all, all you needed to say. Yeah, just congratulations <laughs> and let it ride. Let it ride. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It did, hey, it didn't involve a pay raise. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> well, that, that in any event, yeah. <laughs> but um, but send me pictures from the next convention because, you know, all these senior executive producers, executive producers, they go to this big convention. Usually it's in Miami. 
See, I, no, don't you do that joke. Don't you dare do the Miami joke. I oh. swear. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's my favorite no. wine. <laughs> what's your no, favorite? What's your favorite wine? My wife's favorite wine is I want to go to Miami. It's not oh, even the joke. Hey. That's not even the joke. No. Hey, uh, we got off the rails quickly there, gentlemen. Let's yeah, go. sorry. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Pick it up, people pick it up. may have actually tuned in. Why don't we try to do something that they want to hey. listen to? So we're recording this two days before Thanksgiving, and we're in the middle, uh, lest anyone forget, of a COVID nineteen pandemic, and we're all pretty pinned down in our homes. That's why we're doing this. Uh, virtually, yeah. So, um, and I'll tell you what. No, I'm, you know, stop the joking. I, I've taken uh, COVID nineteen very seriously. Not my style is. I have not. I'm not kidding. I've not stayed home the whole time. I just came back from West Virginia backpacking. I've been doing a lot of that. It's safe. I go outside. Wanna listen? How bizarre it is, though. So I went to a place called Dolly Sods Wilderness in West Virginia, near a place called Elkins, West Virginia. And it's in the mountains, beautiful mountains. Uh, and it's in ski country near a place called Canaan Valley. And I was trying to remember, Jerry, because you and I, you and your spouse, my spouse and I did a lot of ski trips when we were first hanging yeah. out way back. And we went to a lot of places and I went with my wife and my kids a number of times to a place called Canaan Valley. But I think we did that just with my family. You and I had, and our spouses had gone to Seven Springs and yeah. Peak and places like that. Oh, right, anyway, right, 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 yeah. I go backpacking with a buddy of mine and we drove seven hours and we took separate cars. Now that makes the point right there. Yeah, yeah. That is it. yeah. Took separate cars, seven hour drive, so the, and we had two walkie talkies so we could talk because we were on some crazy ass back roads. And, you know, if you get separated and, hey, I made a turn up here, this and that. But that is uh, energy inefficient. Yes, but it's uh, safe. Yeah, safe for, that is the way cars. to do it. That's interesting. Yeah. And then I, when yeah. we get there, we're outside and we're, you know, um, six or more feet away from each other the whole time. So it's not a big deal. Yeah. But so we're having Thanksgiving tomorrow, just my wife and I, not with any of our kids and grandkids. And yeah. are you guys, Jerry and Megan, are you doing the same? What, what's your situation? Yeah. What are you doing, Jerry? Yeah, it's just Mickey and me, and uh, we'll do a Zoom with the family. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's just us two. Uh, Mickey's making the turkey. We went out to get it yesterday, or yeah, yesterday. Uh, yeah. We went to the grocery to pick up the turkey. So, we're going to have it and we're going to, because the weather's so nice down here, we're going to, you know, sit out outdoors and, uh, that's nice and have the meal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that'll be, but it's, it's really weird because Thanksgiving normally is my favorite holiday. Really? Because, Interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not, it's not the pressure of the gifts and all that stuff. And, the you know, it, it, it Thanksgiving is just family getting together. And yeah. that's all it is. You know, it's it's and they come from all over the country. So we always get together. Often we did it at uh, Evelyn, my sister's house in McLean, Virginia, uh, or in Middleburg. And uh, but this year, everyone's everyone's huddled up at home. We're all taking it seriously because 
joking aside, Gene, you and I, we're, we're in that vulnerable group as much as I keep hearing that. Yeah, but true. It, it, true, age-wise, no I mean, doubt. You know, and, and if, if I get it, it's also a lot of people are out of work. Yeah. I, well, uh, there goes the Megan, show. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, our, our hands are up. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Jerry, there's really no reason for you to go anywhere. Never again. I think Ever again. Just... <laughs> I've never had so many no. people care about how I'm doing. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. show calls me, sends me texts. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we're doing Megan, with... yeah. how about you? And you're recently married. You have a stepdaughter as well. And yep. were you guys, we're... same kind of thing? Same thing. We went out. Uh, Frank went up, got, a, got the turkey, did all that yesterday. He's grinding it now. It's a very big deal. Um, yes, he's in gotcha. charge of all that. I've got cranberries, cranberry duty, and that's <laughs> yeah. <about it. laughs> yeah. We're gonna Zoom meeting with his family in New Jersey, and you know, with yeah. our families, and same thing. I think uh, Rhian, Rhiannon's gonna go insane here. Poor kid's been in been here since March, <laughs> just locked wow. away. I always, you know, that is rough. I get yeah. scared though. I say it's my favorite holiday, but I always get nervous around Thanksgiving because it's it's not safe for us turkeys. <laughs> Hey, I'm always, I'm always worried that I'll wind up on someone's table. And I can keep this, I can keep this monologue going. No, don't encourage it. Let it die. Let it die. Oh, but it's scary. Yeah, people keep looking. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you something, Jerry. Uh, And and we don't even talk before to know what your. thought of the week is, uh, but we do look forward to them. Hmm. Uh, and I know that, again, I, I mentioned the uh, 24th is the day of November 2020. We've been doing this for years, and so people listen to these out of the archive, is when we're recording this show. And just yesterday, on the 23rd of November, yeah, Donald Trump told the GSA, the woman who heads up the GSA, she denied it, by the way. I know. I did great? They're I even did lying about own. this. Yeah. I know. But he said, well, I, I released her. Uh, doesn't mean I'm conceding. He certainly said that today. But I think it kind of sounded like a concession, maybe as much as we're going to get. But what are your thoughts of the weekend? I don't know. Does it relate to that? Or Yeah, exactly. All right. right on so point. what are you thinking? Well, during one of the presidential debates, you'll remember Trump was asked whether he could promise the American people that he would abide by the results of the upcoming election. I mean, it seemed like a simple enough question. Indeed, for any other person who ever ran for office in our country, the obvious one-word answer would be yes. But this was Trump. And so emerging from the lips of his sinister grin came the stunning reply, I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. And And perhaps for the first time, he kept his word. Indeed, for the three weeks since the election, we've had to wait to see what the world could see, that he'd lost the election decisively, and yet he wasn't ready to abide by that result. In fact, he would forestall the orderly transition and transfer of power, the people be damned. I would argue that this turned out to be the most obvious, blatant FU to America that we've seen from him in the four years he's been holding our country hostage. His relentless assault on the idea America from the first day he took office, his unwavering dismantling of all the institutions our forefathers set up 
to protect our democracy. His overt racism, his dog whistle to white supremacy, his voter suppression of the black population, his surrendering to the Taliban, to terrorists at home and abroad, his bowing to dictators, of all these despicable things he was doing to our country, perhaps never was his absolute lack of interest in serving or protecting the American people more evident than during these last few weeks, where upon resoundingly losing the election, he refused to let the lawful and necessary transition of power begin. He refused to permit national security briefings for Biden made ever more critical because of Trump's precipitous and reckless withdrawal of troops from Iraq and Afghanistan just five days before the inauguration. He refused to let the people charged with the protecting Americans from further spread of the pandemic, which is killing 2,000 people a day, not to mention the quarter million who have already died. He refused to permit anyone in his administration from helping Biden prepare for the enormous task of distributing the vaccine once approved to hundreds of millions of Americans. How many thousands will have died in the meantime because of this delay, because of this Trump hissy fit? He was literally saying, I'm pissed. I don't give a damn what happens to you all. You're suckers for believing me when I swore four years ago to preserve and protect the constitution, to faithfully execute the laws, etc." Indeed, while Rome burned, Nero fiddled. While America burns, Trump plays golf. It boggles the mind that this man of a limited mind will do anything, cheat, lie, con, to hold on to a job he has absolutely no interest in doing. To those who still support him, this is nothing more than the Stockholm Syndrome, where the people kidnapped fall in love with the kidnapper. With all due respect, what's wrong with you? Why in God's name was it okay for Trump to st stall with the transition? Why not give Biden and his people all the information classified and otherwise they would need to hit the ground running the day he would take office so that there was no lapse in the security and protection of the American people? How does Trump benefit by withholding this information? If he still thinks he won, which is admittedly absurd, he can still fight the results in court. And if by chance, none, he wins and he does get to stay for another term, well, then fine. Nothing was lost. The Biden folks were prepared just in case they took over. But at least this way, we would have known that our country was protected regardless of the electoral outcome. So recognizing that there's no rational reason for his irresponsibility and endangering our country, then why is all this chaos happening? I see three separate explanations. First, he's an eight-year-old with a hissy fit temper tantrum that simply can't deal with the humiliation of having been rejected by the largest margin of any incumbent president since Hoover was defeated by FDR almost 90 years ago. Clearly, this notion of Trump being forever branded a loser has set him off the deep end. This leads to his juvenile response of doing everything he can to sabotage Biden's arrival in the White House, desperately hoping he will fail so that he, Trump, won't look so bad. 
That's the first explanation for all this chaos. The second is he knows he's lost, but for whatever future for himself he's imagining, considering his financial and legal woes, be it a cable network or another run in 2024, he needs his base. He needs his cult following. And he believes that that can only be preserved by the narrative that he didn't really lose. The deep state stole it from him. So Trumpians, stick with me. I share your grievances. We didn't lose. Stay together and we'll live to fight another day. And then the third and possible explanation for this stalling and refusing to concede is the strategy promoted by Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. They know they lost. They know the legal cases will, of course, fail in court. But they're the two Senate seats in Georgia that go up for grabs on January 5th in a special election. Two seats which will decide the balance in the Senate and whether Mitch McConnell will remain majority leader or simply be reduced to the minority in a Democratic Senate. In a tight race for control of the Senate, Repubs know they can only win if their base remains invigorated and riled up, riled up enough to show up on January 5th election. So they have to keep this fight going in the courts, on the streets, whatever it takes and wherever it takes them. This is why Republican politicians are fighting in the courts and refusing to concede. They have to keep their base feeling aggrieved and angry. Losses in court even help feed their anger. So it's not a bad thing as far as they're concerned. So we understand why these politicians are doing this. But to the Republican voters, do you really think having McConnell keep his job is worth America not being protected? Our national security being jeopardized, the war against the virus halted, while 2,000 Americans die every day from it. If this isn't the clearest example yet of putting partisan politics ahead of your country and the safety of our citizens, what is? Really? How dare you? How dare any of us put our nation and its people in peril? Why in the world is it okay to withhold critical information from the people who will be charged with responsibility of protecting us? There is no good answer. Does deplorable ring a bell? I'm sorry, but this is just insanity. To members of the cult who think this is fine, that Trump is God, Trump comes first. The next time you hear the national anthem, don't bother standing up. We don't believe you. Yeah. Good one, Jerry. Thanks. Very good one, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as Gene mentioned oh. at the top of our show, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Trump's on the phone. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> he's listening to our podcast. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> no, Jerry doesn't live here. <laughs> the wrong number. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, we have Jeremy Short with us this evening. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome back. Hey. Hi guys. Hey, hey Jeremy. You were with us a while ago before Trump was president, I think. Is that correct, Gene? Uh no. Actually, no. I want I want to say it was after that. It was, it was right a, little, say, yeah, a little after I that. I think so. Kind of but not much. Together. I believe so. <laughs> it's all kind of running together. Um, yeah. 
Jerry, Jerry, I want to say that that was beautiful. Oh, yeah. thank those you. are some beautiful words, and I couldn't agree more with all of it. And uh, well, thank thank you so much for saying it. Thank you so much. Well, aren't you nice? I, okay, we'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait. <laughs> yeah, wait. <laughs> you can be the one person who's not volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but thank you, Jerry. You guys are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jeremy. What's been going on in your world? And what have you done since we've talked to you last? And how are you getting through this year? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've done a lot of different things since uh, we last talked. I uh, went to Memphis a couple of times and did the International Blues Challenge. Ooh. And that was fun. Ooh. You know, not if, if you don't know about that, it's, it's a good fun. It's a week in Memphis and you're just uh, playing with some of the best blues acts that you could think of in the world. It's, it's really a, wow. an experience all, all its own. And, uh, you know, I've played all over the country with different people and did a few dates on guitar with Arlo McKinley. Oh, oh yeah. Went out, west, went, out, went out west with him a little bit earlier in the year before all the shutdowns, before the lockdowns, actually. And uh, I, I was thinking about it, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And we did a show in Denver, one of the Arlo shows. And there were people from all over the country at that show. Yeah. And I'm talking pe people from Washington, people from Texas, people from Oregon, you know, and, and at the time the pandemic was, you know, well, we didn't know it was a pandemic yet, but the yeah. virus was in those places and all those people were in this room. Oh. And I look back on it and it just seems pretty surreal that I got to do that before everything happened like yeah. that, yeah. Yep. you know, was pretty, pretty unreal. And then, I was getting ready to hit the road with Short and Company uh, around the middle of March. You know, we had about two solid weeks of dates that we had to just at the last minute cancel because we couldn't just, you know, there was no justification to getting that many people in a room yep. at the time. And there still isn't. And it's and it's only progressively gotten worse as far as that goes. Yeah. So this year, you know, my whole career was basically just upended and my whole life changed yeah. at the drop of a hat. Yep. And it's real. It's just, just been an adjustment. Yep. So hey, uh, hey, you will be working on. Yeah, go ahead. Jeremy, I, I just wanted to jump in one question, Megan. Where are you, by the way? Because we're doing this virtually, so I don't even know where are you. Hold on. I'm in Moorhead, Kentucky right okay, now. Okay, Moorhead, oh. Kentucky. Got it. Got it. Got yep. it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Yep. Uh, yeah. So now, so, yeah, have you guys that, been able to do anything virtually with you and the other members of your band, or has it all been kind of individual? What has what have been some of the options that you've had? Uh, well, back when it first and when everything first shut down back in March, we did a live stream or two, and I've done a few by myself since then. We really haven't got together a whole lot. Yeah. Since since everything happened, uh, we've uh, they've recorded some demos without me. Mm -hmm while listening to stuff that I sent them that we weren't able to get into the same room and rehearse, which is different than the way, you know, I would like prefer to have done something like that. Sure. But you know, this, this whole year has been an adjustment Man. and uh, so sad. How yeah. do you, yeah. uh, how, uh, because there are probably tens of thousands doing what you do, not as well, yeah. but do they, you know, their, now, come on. their acts. And uh, how do you live now? I mean, that was your income, wasn't it? Or was this a side It job? was. Well, I've been, I, I, I worked also in a restaurant, you know, on. Well, that's probably before that. I just, Double you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it, well, you know, it, it was a, it was a chain restaurant. Oh, you know, I'm not going to go into which chain it was, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, but what have you. And, uh, 
basically the people I lived with are all in what I would consider the high risk category. And I couldn't just, I couldn't justify going out to work every day and yeah. worrying about bringing it back to them. You know, it just, it just didn't seem safe yeah. to me. Yep. So well, God, man, I mean, we've been, uh, you're yeah, certainly not I've been, the only I've been relying on, been relying on a unemployment insurance yep. this whole time. And that is slated to run out at the end of December with no relief in sight oh, from geez. the federal government. Otherwise, God. And unfortunately, your story is not the only one like it. Yeah, and that's I'm not the only person. What, I'm not the only one like me at all. I'm not unique. Yep. And as far as that goes, well, we're we're almost to the end here. We're almost to the end of this year. <laughs> and with that's that right, in mind, right. David said he's got some music queued up for us. This mountain. Tell us about this song. That's right. Uh, this is a song about growing up in a town. Well, I, I'm from Breathitt County, Kentucky, which is central southeastern. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real close to Hazard, Kentucky, which is what I always have to tell people because nobody knows about, about Breath of County. Nobody knows where Jackson is, yeah. any of the cities there. So I always say, well, it's close to Hazard. And they say, okay, I've heard of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I grew up there and there's not much, there's not many jobs there. And some of the best, the best paying job really was working, you know, working coal and working that industry. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of a song. This is a song about that. Right. Okay. Nice. This mountain? Uh, this is one I wrote with some friends of mine from back home. One called This Mountain, about growing up in little towns where there's not much else to work except the uh, coal industry and what it's like to live in a place like that. Ashamed to scream 
county line so far away It almost feels like a dream County line so far away It almost makes me want to scream Killing this land My father, he understands. My mother, she raises her hands. No salvation to abide me. Son, I've been killing this land. Good song, Jeremy. Thank you. So, Jeremy, tell us where we can uh, check out some more of your music, learn more about you. Well, you can check us out on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Excellent. Uh, You know, and as stuff happens, we update. Right now, we're just kind of in a weird purgatory area, but you can stream us on Spotify, and we've got a YouTube channel as well if you want to just go on there and look up some videos that we've got out. Excellent. If I could, if I could real quick, I just want to give a shout out to my bandmates right now. I want to give a shout out to Tristan, Samuel, Trevor, and Colby. I love all these guys. I miss good. playing with them right now and I can't wait to get back on a stage with them. Which Sounds one of good, them, which one of them do you love the most? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me do that. <laughs> I think we're all looking forward it, to a time where we can be together and see live music again. We, Took yeah. that really for yeah. granted, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. So. We did. All right. All right. Well, thank you yeah. very, very much yeah. again. That was uh, that was great, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yep. Yeah, good job, Jeremy. Thank you all. And, uh, thank you all so much. We will be back, and he's going to take us out on down by the riverside, where he sang with Jerry Springer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna let down my heavy load Down by the riverside And study the war no more I ain't gonna study the war no more I ain't gonna study the war no more I ain't gonna study the war no
Thank you so much. Oh, man.